Hi, everybody. Welcome to Demystifying the Expert, a show where comedians attempt to discover what a scientist or a professor does all day. The plan is for you to laugh and learn about cutting-edge science and more, one expert at a time. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the support of the Madison Trust Fund in the person of Mr. Edward H. Rice, the College of Science and Mathematics, and the Department of Physics and Astronomy, all from the James Madison University. This program is made possible thanks to your generous support. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Hello, welcome back. New and old faces. Not old faces, just <laughs> We've seen you before and it's great to see you again. <laughs> we started already, yeah. Uh, so uh, this is a show about science and it's the comedy who's going to bring it out of us. And we, you have two hosts that are, who are going to uh, mediate the discussion. Uh, we don't claim to be silly. We have the professionals around here. Uh, Pretty good, though. <laughs> I know, I know. It's rubbing off. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's you who, who's going to judge how, how well we're doing. We had raving reviews for the previous events that we had in the fall. Um, we had a, uh, an astronomer, the planetarium director, and we learned lots of things about accretion onto a supermassive black hole and, uh, uh, and uh, about how you know, no Nobel laureates... Uh, find solutions to uh, no supernova explosion while traveling on a boat from India to uh, Cambridge, the real Cambridge in the UK. Yeah. And then uh, we also had, if you remember, those that were here last time, we had Dr. Hughes and he was talking about materials and how to make plastic into gold. Actually, it was not quite that, but it was very close to it, right? So um, actually, before we begin, we're never going to be one of the experts, but we're not going to let it slip. So you need to find out a little bit about us. I'm an astrophysicist as well, and I'm also looking for uh, signatures of accretion onto a supermassive black hole in a cosmic bubbles. And I say that because my... Well, because I work with bubbles. <laughs> my name is uh, Clebert Feitosa, and because we don't have any new students for... Uh, the lab, I'm trying to hire some toddlers so they can blow a few bubbles in our lab and do some research with it. Do you need someone else for that? Yeah. Would you like to volunteer? We have the intellect yes. of toddlers. That's right. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this height. after the program. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, didn't tell you my name. Some of you might know it, some of you might not. Anyway, Anka Konstantin, I'm in physics, professor. both of us are in physics. So uh, we don't want to take full credit for what we're doing here. The idea, the original idea is coming from uh, a radio show that's called You're the Expert. You might want to look it up. It's really good. It's having experts from uh, other places. I wouldn't say better, bigger, not at all. We're really as good as, 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 as they are as well. Uh, and you have some, you know, local charm, and uh, some of you even extra credit for being here. So, it's uh, <coughs> great. That's right. Um, so let's see. We. Um, oh right. About yes. We did a little bit of research, but uh, um, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. The thing is, this is a free show with free food, uh, but it's not free of expectations, and so we would. 
uh, you would be so darling to give us some feedback on how we're doing. And you can do that by liking the Facebook page or for the J Muse Cafe, or while you're there, and you can, uh, you can, we can give you a minute to do it, like right now on, a, on your iPhone, right? And then while you're there, you can, you can like the, the Facebook page of the Physics and Astronomy Department, and then uh, you can, I think they have, yeah, they have a Facebook uh, page as well. They're pretty famous, I don't think they, you can like my page. Uh, and mine as well. Narcissist.com, you can find it somewhere. It's, yeah, okay. So yeah, please do that. For the Jane News Cafe webpage, there are a few pieces of paper on your table, and you can take those with you, and then visit the website and find uh, little uh, clips from our programs, and also uh, podcasts from the previous programs. Which you can also download on your iPhone, so while you're traveling back and forth from whatever you can listen to our broken comedic voices and yeah have well fun. so let's start we have the privilege to have again with us uh, the new improv James Madison uh, comedy trip with us uh, they have been trying to make us laugh since 1998 Try. Try. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they are here with us, and that's great. We are so uh, uh, privileged to have them here, but they also do some uh, programs, and you should go to their webpage and check them out. Uh, it's nice, I guarantee you. So let's introduce them. Sure. All we right. have uh, Trevor, Trevor Nickerbocker. He's a uh, senior intelligence analysis major, currently enrolled in one of our host classes this semester. And he says, but... You don't have to believe it. He insists that uh, Dr. Feitosa did not give him any of the answers to look good. Why would he want him to look good? <laughs> Extra credit, maybe? Oh. All right, we have also Amanda. Amanda is a new junior media arts and design major with double minor in French and creative writing. Although she may get the answers wrong, she can say it creatively in two languages. You can guess which ones. It doesn't have to be French and, yeah. <laughs> And we have Mikhail Falasli. Yes. And he's a uh, business, senior business major. Uh, and uh, he claims that he knows some science, although that science is only having to do with the uh, science of making money. So he says. <laughs> and finally, we have uh, Logan. Logan is a junior theater major with a specialty in comedies and tra tragedies. No pressure. You <laughs> know. Well, if, if you cry, he is responsible for it. And yeah. by, <laughs> By that, he means that his answers tonight will be a comedy for you and a tragedy for him. <laughs> All right. And finally, uh, not the last, we have the expert of, the today's, of today's event, Jason Rosenhaus. He is a uh, professor of mathematics at uh, JMU, and he's been at JMU since 2003, so that makes how many years? 2003, 4? Uh, that's, that's applied math. Applied. <laughs> well, okay. Um, He's got his PhD from, uh, from Dartmouth, uh, the bachelor degree from uh, Brown. Uh, you wouldn't have guessed that he's been uh, living in Kansas for three years in the meantime somewhere. <laughs> uh, he authored three award-winning books, and I won't say anything about those because they would reveal, demystify already what uh, he's working on when he's not in a classroom, and this is what our show is about. Uh, fair warning here, three books. And a lot of contributions uh, on the World Wide Web and kind of famous publications that you probably read every day. Uh, so uh, I'd say we could have, you, we could run easily, you know, 
three or four shows like this with him. So we either do that or we're going to make this one a hyper show. Hyper, not hyphenated, like <gasps> hyper surfaces. <laughs> yeah. So uh, welcome our So, so we're going to start. Okay. Yeah. We're going to battle for uh, who's going to talk here. Well, go ahead. It's, it's the first game. Go ahead. It is the first game. It's a series of games, quizzes, and just fun things to, to laugh about. Uh, so the first thing to do is going to be a, uh, the 20 question style game. Well, he has to ask a question for the comedians first. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before we start, get with we're the gonna, program. We're gonna. <laughs> I know. I know. We should have said like this. Are you prepared, lad? You, we we got a script, but we forgot it. Home, yeah. <laughs> uh, we are going to give our expert the chance to ask comedians a question because there are going to be lots of questions from the comedians. Uh, okay, so a question for for all of you. Um, hmm. uh, if a hen and a half can lay an egg and a half in a day and a half. Oh no, you've already lost me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, let's start an easier one. Uh, what is mathematics? How's that for a question? Um, well, it's simple, really. You see, it's, uh, it's, it's I, I don't even need to say it. <laughs> numbers. Numbers and more numbers equal And sometimes other letters. And sometimes imaginary numbers. Oh. Imaginary numbers, the worst. The correct answer is a chick magnet. Sounds like we're ready for the first game. <laughs> so, the uh, comedians will take the lead and will ask our expert questions, uh, to which the expert is allowed to answer with yes or no uh, only. And points are going to be awarded to the answers that have been answered with a yes. And there will be a winner. And I then, don't know what he's going to win at the end. but yeah. <laughs> And the goal That's is it. to guess what uh, he does when he's not in the classroom. For research, obviously. Three, two, one. Oh, OK. Is it me? Um, uh, do you do math? <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Good. One point for me. <laughs> Is your study some kind of strange combination or like amalgamation of different subjects, like the history of math, for example, like Babylonian math, or like some <laughs> other crazy old civilization that I don't know the name of? Well, yes to your question, but no to the Babylonian part. Okay. <laughs> So one um, just to get a little bit more background, is it just math, or is it also, I guess, is it just math related as opposed to being math and science related? Um, yes or no. That's not actually yes or no question, yes or is it? <laughs> That's a yes or no question. Right? Yeah. Oh, so so what was the question again? Sorry. Is it more math as opposed to being math and science? Um, yes. Okay. Sorry, I was channeling my students sure. there, not uh, a. <laughs> The blank step. Yeah. Does does your uh, field of study study have widespread uh, practical use? Like a shotgun. Widespread <laughs> is a bit of a judgment call, but I I, I would say yes. Okay. All right. Is it is it theoretical math? Yes. That's, t that's two points. Could you write that down? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yes. Theoretical math. Not for this. Yes, though. Yeah. For that. Oh, like 
Is it, is it in the vein of like Stephen Hawking, like two plus two equals fish kind of stuff? Like that kind of deal? Or... What? Is that, is that right? I don't know. Two plus two equals four, not fish. Listen, you don't know that. That's the theoretical part of it. Like, uh, like I, I'm grasping what is for four? straws, honestly. Yeah. I'm sweating a lot right now. It's just it's really bad. That, that, that would be a no. Okay. Yes. No. I'm pretty sure Stephen Hawking has never heard of me. Okay, um, does it have to do with history of the world's existence? No. No, okay. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Hmm. Do you get writer's cramp from writing math? <laughs> you know, writing math. Like, what does that tell uh, you? Uh, yes, I, I would say. Okay. Okay. Oh, do you do you use um do you use any special software? Uh, I do not. No. Okay. That's a no. That's oh, a, no. a good yes. question, okay. but yeah. Uh, I'm gonna throw a hint. He does not have a lab. Only cats, right? I that that is correct. <laughs> Are the cats related? Oh. But I but I don't experiment on them. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, the, 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 the cats are not related, and they don't really get along either. <laughs> so you don't work with mice either? No. Through the cats? No. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> uh, do, do you study math uh, like culturally? What? Like, do you what study? Exactly what you said. A little more specific. I don't know what I said. So <laughs> I just... um, no, no, I would say. No. No. Okay. Oh do you actively solve equations? Is that something that uh, is a big part of your work? Yes, you could say that. Okay. Do you? Uh, does um, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I exist. Uh, Therefore, I think. All right, kids. Um, does. I want to turn this car around. Do you, I'm do with her, by the way. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, the. Okay, I had it in my head, but that just totally threw me off. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm deeply offended. Here, I'll go now. Uh, <laughs> does your field study involve uh, statistics or any kind of forecasting? No. Okay. Okay, I remember. Do the equations that you answer give answers to equations. questions of, of, <laughs> of life? <laughs> Isn't that what math is? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> I do math to escape real life. So, <laughs> let, me, let me throw another hint here. Please. Uh, Jason is drawing lines. <laughs> oh, is that a pun? That sounds like a pun. Is it geometry? <laughs> um, yes. Or, there, there, or? There is an element of geometry. Does it have to do with the But you actually, you asked before about whether it was interdisciplinary, like right? Uh, I, I, I have used the expression Pythagorean theorem okay. in my work. Does, yes. it have, does, does it have to do with architecture? <laughs> not really, so not in the way you're thinking. Does it have to do with nature? Um, God's architecture. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I thought I'd ask. It's not, not architecture of buildings, let's put it that way. Is, it, is, it, is the Fibonacci sequence involved at all? Um, no, actually, though, good question. How much, uh, do you spend more time indoors than outdoors? Yes. Okay. <laughs> indoors and outdoors, so you're not a cartographer? Outdoors are scary. Is that math? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you build models? 
Um, Mathematical models? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. That's one more point for me. <laughs> no. Does it involve computers? Like no. that? Oh. oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, you guys got so excited. I did get excited. I thought it was yeah. going to nail it so. with that one. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like the computers. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, do you, do you, um, oh, usually, did you ask if you use a computer, or is it about? He doesn't like computers. <laughs> I, 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 I don't use computers in my research. Okay. No. I use them to send email. Okay. <laughs> <You know. laughs> this is 2015. Yeah. Uh, Are you doing it? Yeah. I read the occasional blog. <laughs> Does that have to do with your work at all? Reading blogs? No. No. <laughs> the science of I write blogs. a blog that also has nothing to do with my work. Do you, uh, do you do any kind of engineering? No. No? Gosh, this is tough. Yeah. So you're like 0 for 5, right? <laughs> I'm, <just saying. laughs> I'm, I'm winning, I'm winning, and I'm the theater major, guys. Like, yeah. set it up. That's yeah, so it looks like you're fishing in a, in a big, big pond. So um, yeah. he's drawing lines. I think we were after. There are graphs involved. Graphs. You say that like that helps us at all. Yeah. Um, what is this graph? I'll help you some more. Graphs. He's definitely fond of manifolds and hypersurfaces. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hyper. Yeah. Hypersurfaces being surfaces that cannot sit still, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what was going through my mind. That was a joke. Surfaces that cannot sit still, graphing good, models, yes. And you know, OCD being an occupational hazard among mathematicians, we like things that are hyper. Yeah. Okay. Do you follow trends of any kind? Do you graph? I'm a mathematician. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we are not too trendy. I, I understand. <laughs> that's what it's like. Or they're, they're nice called differently. Like a, like a correlation. Oh, you mean like statistical trends? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, still no. Graphs, <laughs> 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 models. So you don't work in a lab. Do you take the math to a field of study? Like, do you apply it Like to in a meadow. <laughs> <laughs> do you study on grassy meadows? I, 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 yeah, yeah. We, we've already established that I don't go outdoors. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, interestingly, though, field actually has a technical meeting within mathematics, and that is relevant to my work. <laughs> That's great. Uh, do you yeah. study um, magnetism? I'm sorry? Magnetism. No. Magnetic field? Magnetic field. <laughs> uh, Different kind of field, but okay. good question. So we have graphs and models. Manifolds and hypersurface. If, that, if I knew what those words meant, that would help. <laughs> Start with surface. Or we can, we can offer the expert the opportunity yeah. to shall, shall I demystify? There you go. <laughs> Why don't we try this oh. way of demystifying? Say <laughs> you're meeting I the president too. in the elevator and you only have like two floors to go. Why don't you tell us what you would tell him about what's the you know, most important thing, that the punchline about your work? Uh, okay, <laughs> so um, I guess the simplest way is um, I study uh, networks. So picture uh, an airline map where you have, say, one dot for each city and one line representing a flight between those cities. Right? That, that's, the kind of, that's what I mean by a network. And I study ways of chopping them up into little pieces. So you study systems? Well, yeah, but uh, we can narrow down the kind of systems I study. Okay. Right? I so, can't. yeah. That, that, particular, <laughs> that particular kind of system where you, Anka mentioned dots and lines. So, you have, in, in my example, the dots are the cities and the lines are the airline paths. That kind of diagram is called a graph. So, you're a Boxing professional history. connector of the daughters? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do dot to dot for a living. 
So growing up, did you do a lot of those connect the dots figures? And stuff? Uh, I did, as it happens, okay. and uh, my whole life path was forged. <laughs> it was always that, that, just a connect the dots of a math book. Yeah. Just that led him to where he okay. needed to go. Yeah. That day, my father gave me the you know dot dot puzzle. You know, I said, "This shall be my life." There we go. <laughs> but you did say it was the math teacher in the sixth grade who revealed to you Pythagorean. Theorem. Yeah. So that was my teacher, Miss Oswald. Okay. Just in case you ever run into her. Right? Yeah. Although she was old then, and that's when I was in sixth grade, so the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, so this is my sixth grade teacher, Miss Oswald, who uh, uh, was probably the first uh, teacher ever to show me actual math. So, math that wasn't just arithmetic uh, or, uh, you know, mem memorizing rules or anything like that. And in particular, I remember the Pythagorean theorem. That was when she, she showed me that. And um, it was a bit of a revelation to me uh, because the Pythagorean theorem, I think most of you probably know what that is, right? That's the one if you have a right triangle, you have a squared plus b squared equals c squared. That was kind of the first example of a, of a really not obvious mathematical theorem that, that I had ever learned. And it sort of occurred to me uh, that, I mean, she didn't prove it. She just tossed this off. And I thought, you know, you know, I thought, no way, right? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I was only well, in sixth grade, so what's that, 11, right? And, um, you know, but even then, you know, budding little skeptic, right? You know, you can't just toss that off and expect me to believe that, right? You know, so, uh, so I was really impressed. And I remember, you know, having this reaction, like, no way, just no way that's true. And, uh, and just that's when I started getting interested in math. And uh, when I started to realize that math is, is so much more than what most people think it is. Most people, when, think, when you think of math, most people think of arithmetic, right? And when the people say, oh, I hate math, they really mean I hate arithmetic, right? Um, but uh, math, the real thing, what mathematicians do uh, is a, you know, a combination of art and science uh, you know, and beauty. And it's about understanding the reasoning behind things. It's actually like the exact opposite of memorizing rules uh, and applying formulas. It's discovering what the rules are and what the formulas are, right? So mathematicians don't really compute, you know, for the most part, or at least not pure mathematicians like me. We have graduate students to compute for us, right? Because <laughs> that's what they're there for, right? Well, <laughs> do you also yeah. have undergraduates? Um, you know, for you? yes, we do. As a matter of fact, that's that's a very trendy thing. I guess I do study trends. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, but mathematics isn't even fundamentally about calculating things. It's about figuring out how you calculate. So, do you, do you are you the kind of person that gets really giddy when they look at a picture like of a fractal? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am that kind. Yes, yes, I am that kind of person. Uh, as it happens, fractals and specifically don't float my boat. Okay, okay but uh, yeah. You prefer long walks on the beach, then? <laughs> yeah, I, I am like very pure, very abstract math. Right, that that happens to be my taste. So, uh, so when I'm in, the, in say, in the classroom and, and and students ask me, oh, what is this good for? It's like, what is it good for? It's good for looking at, admiring. You know, you know, it's like it's like looking at a great painting and saying, what is that painting good for? Right. Says you wouldn't say, oh, it's a, it's a fantastically useful painting. You can level off a table with it, right? You know, <laughs> right? You know, you, know, you know, someone who says that has missed the point, right? Uh, so that's my that, that's my personal attitude towards mathematics. And the idea that mathematics is so often useful for things that's just great. Like that's great. That's good because sometimes uh, we want people to pay us for the work that we do. Yeah. So, so yeah. So then we stress how fantastically useful it is, right? And uh, and all that. But then we go back to our little enclaves. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and express sympathy for people who don't do math. <laughs> yeah. So some people say um, God is truth. Truth is beauty. What's the most beautiful thing you've met in mathematics? The most beautiful thing I've met in mathematics? Well, the Pythagorean theorem is pretty high up there, uh, actually. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's Close a tough one. Um, 
below. I, t I tend not to think in such lofty terms. Yeah. Um, but uh, exponentials go high enough. For yeah, I think I think there's numbers in, in general. Uh, yeah, the particular branch of mathematics that I work in is called number theory, and um, uh, and number theory starts with. I mean, you're, you're nothing in math unless you have theory <laughs> after your name, right? So like numbers. Well, that's little kids study numbers, right? But we do number <laughs> theory. Now that's the big time. And uh, it. yeah, but it's just, just the idea that. You know, the basic counting numbers, one, two, three, four, five, so no, no, you know, no fractions, no pi, right? You know, <laughs> you know just, just the, the plain vanilla <laughs> counting <laughs> numbers, yeah. <laughs> you know, are, you know, the, the, you know, things that you know, you know, really small children learn how you know, learn about and learn how to manipulate. And yet the, their structure is so rich and so uh, complex that you know, after centuries, mathematicians are still discovering new things about them. Uh, you know, I, I would be happy to do a long, you know, I believe I, we have a whiteboard here. Yeah. I could, I'd be happy yeah. to launch into of a, you know, you know, you know, do, not, do, not, do not tease me. I will start writing equations. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but just, just the idea that something that simple uh, can have so much complexity and so much depth uh, that it's just, you know, you could have 100 lifetimes and, and, and barely scratch the surface. So what you have experienced on sixth grade, did you go home and then you measured the thing and checked whether it was true or not? What did you do? Um, well, I, I, I don't remember it to that level of detail. Uh, I, I suspect that, shocked though I was when Ms. Oswald showed this to mm -hmm. me, I suspect I had forgotten all about it by the time I left the room. <laughs> <laughs> that usually happens with the Yeah, short, short attention span, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know then, as, only, then as now. You were, yeah. like, you were like organizing your friends in shapes on, on the <laughs> playground at recess? Uh, He's no. a mathematician. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wasn't quite that bad. He doesn't have friends. Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Were you organizing your cats on the playground? <laughs> no, I didn't have cats growing up. I, my, my parents were uh, curmudgeonly. Yeah, and, uh, did they yeah. have labs, unlike you? Like, uh, my father did. My father was a chemical engineer. Oh, yeah. But he worked in industry. In fact, he was a little skeptical of math. Uh, my father was math, yeah. How are you skeptical of math? Uh, not, not as a field in general. Uh, just, I don't think that exists. Yeah. So. I don't yeah. trust it, yeah. it, was, it wasn't math per se that was the problem. It was the thought of me making a living at math that was the problem. Uh, he wanted well, me to have a, a more defense, practical skill. Major. To his defense, it is theoretical. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, it, it, is a bit, it, it is a bit of a chancy profession, Let, let's put it that way. Uh, Anka mentioned that I lived in Kansas for three years. Uh, yes, that's because that was the only job I could get at the time. Have you worked in any industry? Mm. Certainly not. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, I do pure math, and in my view, the opposite of pure math is impure math. Okay. Unrelated note, are you tired of hearing the jokes, I don't think you're in Kansas anymore? <laughs> the, the classics never get old. And it was Manhattan, right? It was Manhattan, not Kansas, yes. Not, not, to be, place? not to be confused with Manhattan, New York. Which is, which is not yeah. Hey, they, Manhattan, Kansas, they actually refer to themselves as the Little Apple. I kid you not. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. wow, look at them. I was like, have some pride, guys. You know, you don't have to compare yourself to New York. Wait, is it actually called the Little Apple? And is that in Tornado Alley? Because it could be the windiest city as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I was, I was just a little bit north of where the tornadoes were. Uh, yeah, so I never saw a real Kansas tornado. We had a little one that ripped off the roof of the Walmart. So, you know. Yikes. Carpet yeah. So a question for you. You were teaching uh, the real number system this spring. Yes, I am. So my question is, do you like fiction at all? <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I'm not quite sure what the connection is between, uh, yeah. Um, I, 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 I do like fiction. Actually, one of the things about teaching math, though, is that students will often not call you on you if you're just making stuff up. That's because we don't know what you're saying in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had, a, I had a math class in college once where uh, the professor was one of these like freakishly brilliant people. And uh, very, very nice guy, but freakishly brilliant. Uh, he was also about like seven feet tall and weighed about 100 pounds. I mean, if you, you, he turned sideways, you couldn't see him. And uh, that's, that's why I came to understand what two-dimensional meant. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but he was one of these guys who uh, would have a tendency to just talk to the chalkboard the whole time. And um, so we got in the class, and it was an upper level class. We were all math majors, all hardcore, you know, serious math major types. And, um, uh, and he's up there just lecturing, like, blah, 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 blah. And he goes on for like 20 minutes, just filling chalkboard after chalkboard, ceiling to floor. And he's going on and on, and we're all dutifully copying down our notes. And 20 minutes into the class, it was just one, one theorem that he was trying to prove. 20 minutes into the class, he stops dead, okay? And he says, oh my God, oh my God, I, I can't believe this. This is all wrong. This is complete nonsense. <laughs> says, <laughs> says, 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 I completely messed this up. Erases everything that he wrote and just starts over, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Did, uh, yeah. did, did that discourage you from pursuing it? It, it, it did, because like my, you know, my, my friend who was sitting next to me kind of, kind of leaned over and said, wait a second. He said, he's been talking complete nonsense for 20 minutes. Not one single in the room pointed it out to him, right? And he thinks this is nothing. It's just, it's just going did he forget to carry a one? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, it was much worse than that. It was, yeah. it, 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 it was almost as bad. It was like it was saying right in the first line. You know, and like so, everything else was not after that. That'll get you. Yeah. That'll get you. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this this guy's too smart. He was a funny guy, though. He had uh, two brothers. His name was Andrew Browder, uh, which I mentioned for a reason. Uh, he had two brothers, Felix and William, who were also mathematicians. The reason I mentioned this, though, is that their father, the Andrew Browder's father, you might actually have heard of if you actually took a good history class of the early 20th century, because uh, their father was Earl Browder. Uh, who was the head of the American Socialist Party in the, in the, in the 19s and 20s, constantly in and out of jail uh, you know, during that time. And uh, so he's in all the history books. He had three sons, and they all became really famous mathematicians, which is kind of uh, freaky. Uh, you know, all very nice people, but not people who can talk to normal people, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah. So Jason, you clearly are into brain teasers. Clearly. Clearly, uh, so people say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Mm -hmm. Can you live a day without a brain teaser? Um, why would I want to try? I have never done the experiment. Cool. <laughs> Let's can we get a way. brain teaser example? Well, I tried that hen and a half problem, and you didn't like that. You only started, you didn't finish it. Well, because you were all blanching, right? <laughs> okay. I think if I, I, uh, <laughs> here you go, a little brain teaser for you. If a hen and a half can lay an egg and a half in a day and a half, okay, how long does it take seven hens to lay seven eggs? This has Ow. great emotional resonance for me. I was kidding about my father and the dot to dot puzzles, okay? But he did give me this puzzle when I was a kid and refused to tell me how to do it because he felt I should figure it out. I was like four, for heaven's sake, you know? <laughs> yeah. And weeping. I, yeah. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm yelling. All right. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you didn't want me to go into math, dad, right? You know? <laughs> it's like, it's your own damn fault. Okay, so, uh, yeah. But uh, he wouldn't tell me how he did. He wanted me to figure it out for myself, uh, which I never did, actually. Finally, he told me. <laughs> yeah, what, what the answer Are you going to offer a, a coupon of five bucks to Starbucks if they come up with the solution no. right now? <laughs> this whole time, he was just a like, Starbucks representative, and we didn't even know it. <laughs> so you ended up being an, an author of a book about one single 
Yeah, right. I did. <laughs> you have done your homework. Well done. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. My my first book was about something called the Monty Hall problem. Now, this actually has nothing to do with my main research, which is about cutting up graphs in clever ways. Uh, but. Um, yeah, so uh, my, my love of brain teasers, there, there's a very famous brain teaser called the Monty Hall problem, and this is named after a, a game show in the 1970s. The host of the show was actually named Monty Hall. That, that, that's what? how it made a thing. Yeah, <laughs> hard to believe. And apparently that was his real name. <laughs> that, that, was, that was not a stage name. Okay. Um, he's still alive, uh, living in Kansas, come to think of it. <laughs> funny, you know, funny coincidence. Um, but anyway, this, this was a problem that was inspired by a game show. And, and the problem is this, and this actually, maybe, yeah, if you have not heard this problem before, maybe, maybe you would enjoy thinking about this. Uh, you, picture that, um, you picture that you're on a game show, okay? And um, uh, you're shown three doors, and you're told that behind one of the doors is a car, okay? And behind the other two doors are, are goats, okay? Literally goats, bad, you know, you know <laughs> animals. And, and, and on the game show, yes, there were literally goats <laughs> behind the doors. Um, and, and the game is this. Um, Oh, my book. Yes. <laughs> yeah, th th this is more impressive if it has the book jacket on it. But, uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. but uh, yeah. Okay, we can. Uh, yeah. It does have words. Yeah, it has words. If you pick the right page, there are equations. Does it have yep. pictures? Uh, there, are exactly, there are exactly two diagrams in the book. And uh, they were made for me by, by a colleague of mine because I'm terrible with diagrams. But the problem is, you've got the three doors. Right, and uh, you're trying to win the car. So the, here's how the game works. Uh, Monty says, uh, choose one of the doors. So, so you're just guessing at this point. And maybe you choose door number one, okay? Before opening that door, uh, Monty opens one of the other doors and shows you that there's a go behind it. Monty, of course, knows where the car is, okay? So he always picks a door that does not have the car behind it. Okay, so let's say he opens door two. Okay, so you pick door one. Monty opens door two, says, I'll show you there's no prize behind door two. Okay, you now have the choice. Do you want to stick with door one or do you want to switch to door three? Okay, that's the decision you have to make. Stay so, with door one. Stay with door one, and why do you say that? Because I know the answer to this problem. <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying because, I, that, I don't know, I don't have a reason. That's just... <laughs> yeah. Just just like a number one. <laughs> yeah, the usual reason is that if you, if you switch and then lose, right, you feel like such an idiot, right? That, that, that is better just to avoid that. Yeah, so but anyway, that's the problem. Should you, should you stick with your original door? Should you switch the other door? Or maybe it doesn't make a difference, you know, what, what decision you make. Does it make a difference? Well, yes. that's the question. You should always switch. should always switch. Why? Statistically, it won't make you win, but you have a better chance because people think that you have a 50% in the end too, but really in the original choice when you pick the first door, there's two other ones. That gives you a 33% chance to get the first one and then a 66% chance. Even if you take that second door away, you still have that original 66%. Do you guys want to switch chairs? Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and now we can it's give this impressive. Yeah. 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 yeah, there you go, but this is a library book. <laughs> yeah. so, so your prize is you can borrow that for two weeks. Okay, so, yeah. So well, like, that, didn't that spark yeah. a huge debate? Didn't that was very yeah. good, yeah, and that was actually quite a good explanation. I have to give you credit. Um, yeah, the reason, the reason now, so, so this, this is a problem that came up on the game show. Uh, it actually existed before the game show, but the reason it's such an interesting problem is that nearly everyone says, and this includes most mathematicians, uh, nearly everyone says that it, it just doesn't make a difference, right? The point is, after Monty reveals a door, it's a 50-50 chance, right? You have, you have two doors left. Okay, so, so what possible difference could it make? It's a coin toss, okay? Uh, and that's what most people say. And the way this became big news was, yeah, this, 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 uh, there was a, a column in Parade magazine uh, written by uh, someone named Marilyn Vos Savant. And people would send her questions, often about math. And someone sent in this question, and she said, you should, you should switch. That, 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 statistically speaking, you'll double your chances of winning if you do that. And this sparked 
you know, the most epic correspondence in the history of Parade Magazine. Uh, you know, they, they, in fact, things got so heated, it went through several rounds, and, and including a lot of mathematicians wrote in. Uh, saying this is ridiculous, it's 50-50, it makes no difference you know, what to do. And, and she then explained her answer and got more angry correspondence. It eventually made the front page of the New York Times. Right? <laughs> Seriously, I mean, how many mathematical brain teeth? I mean, math get very excited when, you know, when we're in the news. Uh, but, uh, you know, but this was very humiliating, actually, because a lot of the mathematicians were just wrong. Um, so anyway, so uh, this is roughly what my book was about. Partly it was just the problem itself. But then, you know, there's sort, of, there's sort of a mathematical way of looking at things, right? So when a mathematician looks at a problem like that, you don't just look at that problem. You start asking yourself questions like, well, if I change the initial assumptions in certain ways, how will that affect my answer? Or, you know, what if I consider this variation on the problem? How will that affect things? And kind of what the book is about uh, is just that, you know, everything you would learn in a course on probability theory, uh, you know, this is this very sophisticated apparatus that we have for dealing with uh, uncertainty. Uh, if you consider just variations on the Monty Hall problem, you just independently discover all of those concepts. So all those things that you learn in a probability class, uh, you, can't, you can't avoid using all of them just if you're going to think about problems like this. And that, that's roughly what the book is about. But uh, so yeah, so that would kind of be, you know, if, if, I, if I'm to demystify anything, uh, you know, that, that there is such a thing as a, math, a mathematical way of looking at things. Uh, where you don't just look at the question in front of you, you don't just say, what's the answer to this question? You say, you know, what are, what are the twists and variations? And, you know, if I change my assumptions, you know, how does that change my uh, reasoning? Two questions. Can you count cards? Can I take you with me to Vegas? <laughs> uh, yeah, no to both questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I am the purest of pure mathematicians, so I understand the theory behind counting cards. <laughs> but to actually be able to do it would require practice, so and, and I'm not into if that. If I dropped a bunch of matches on the floor, you would tell me exactly how many are still in the box? No, I, I am OCD, not autistic. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a few. Uh, he needs to read the book first, anyway. Yeah, that'll be my next book, Counting Toothpicks. Fifty-two. I, I have some friends that you know are mathematically inclined, and they they say they're bad at counting. Are you like that too? Um, no, I'm pretty good at counting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just and I'm okay at arithmetic too. You get an example of counting? I'm not sure. Yeah. But right now, yes, we do have. Well, uh, another book that you wrote is about Sudoku, right? Yeah, well, so that was, that was my second book, actually, was about, about, Sudoku, what, about, about Sudoku puzzles. Ooh. But it was, it was at a similar flavor, that the idea was that, uh, you know, most people, you know, even, you know, the funny thing about Sudoku puzzles, right? I, 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 well, I won't stop to explain the Sudoku puzzles, but, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the funny thing about Sudoku puzzles uh, is that, um, you know, they're, they're quite popular. I mean, but, you, know, to, you know, books about, you know, books of collections of Sudoku puzzles sell very well. And, you know, plenty of people who will tell you with a straight face that they really hate math love doing Sudoku puzzles. And, uh, you know, and as far as we're concerned, and, and if you actually you know, read in the typical newspaper when they print Sudoku, they'll usually have directions, and those directions will say, there's no math you know, in Sudoku puzzles. Like, you know, please stop, even though there they're, are they're little Just numbers <laughs> in the cells, right? But don't, don't get scared away, right? And what they mean to say is that there's no arithmetic. But as far as uh, mathematicians are concerned, solving a Sudoku puzzle is a consummate math problem. You're using deductive logic and deductive reasoning to solve the puzzle. And that's precisely what mathematics is. So the Sudoku book had kind of a similar flavor where uh, I actually wrote that with a co-author, uh, Laura Tallman, who was also a faculty member. Uh, and what we were doing there was showing how the way a mathematician would look at a Sudoku puzzle and uh, all of these uh, you know, questions that are very natural for a mathematician to ask. Questions like, how many Sudoku squares are there, right? That's kind of a natural question. The newspapers keep publishing them. Are they going to run out anytime soon? The answer is no. Uh, but uh, if you were worried, um, all, but all, all sorts of other questions. How, you know, how many starting clues do you need? 
to have a, a correct puzzle, right? What's the fewest number of clues you can get away with? It's what seven, is it? It's 17, if you were curious. <laughs> yeah, 17 being a prime number. I like that. I already, I already yeah. knew that. I just wanted to let you answer it. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, the maximum number of clues uh, that you could have uh, is uh, 41. Right? Also prime. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the maximum number of also prime. Very good. I know yeah. prime numbers, but not yeah. quite the meaning of You're good at this. Maximum number of clues where you can't get rid of any of them. But anyway, so, so what we do in that book is we show how just by asking a few very natural questions, questions that anyone can understand, I mean, not, not deep mathematical questions, but just questions that you might be curious about. But then if you try to answer them, you, you cannot avoid uh, just rediscovering a lot of principles of number theory and, and other branches of mathematics, combinatorics, uh, abstract algebra. Doesn't that sound sexy? I mean, why, why does everyone want to study math? You know, you know I, yeah. when, I, when I got to college and looked at the course catalog and I saw that course about abstract algebra, I was like, oh, okay, oh my god. You know, <laughs> I, I'm so majoring in math. Okay. Uh, I have a yeah. girlfriend in a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Seriously, mathematicians don't understand why everyone doesn't study mathematics. It's like, yeah, I mean, we get to solve puzzles all day and people pay us. If, well, if we're, if we're lucky, you know, people pay us to do so it. So if you, if you take a Sudoku puzzle from the newspaper, how long does it take for you to solve it? Uh, I'm not especially fast you know, at solving them, to be honest. Uh, on the other hand, I consider it cheating to, to write down uh, candidate numbers in oh, the cells. Yeah, okay. so, uh, yeah, that's, 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 that's for wussies, right? Yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but no, I'm not, I'm not especially good at them. I, uh, you know, I enjoy them, uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not all that fast at them. So next in line, we have a game, the jargon and acronym game. It's a quiz, okay? Um, and the expert will uh, chip in with explanations, especially when the answer is it doesn't matter, correct or incorrect. It's going to illuminate us on what's going on there, right, Jason? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was, I was in my happy place. What's <laughs> Welcome back. Yes. All right, uh, panel. One at a time, the question, and you can, uh, you know, um, work in groups or individually, it's up to you. Can we huddle? <laughs> one at a time that we can... First, <laughs> first question, you're, you're going to have the answer to that one. <laughs> Four alternatives. What are platonic graphs? A. Okay. I'm gonna, we're going to give you multiple, multiple, multiple choice. Okay. Yeah. Right. We don't need them, but go ahead, go ahead. You don't. <laughs> That's fine. Graphs that are just friends? That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, well. <laughs> Hold on your thoughts. <laughs> B. Graphs associated with, uh, to the famed platonic solids of Greek geometry. Right. C. Graphs made with children smolding clay. <laughs> That's right. D. Close associates with Aristotle's graphs. No, because Plato. That's where the, the funny comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all looking at me? <laughs> you answered the door question. Right. This is all on you. Okay, so if I pick answer A, then uh, you eliminate C. No, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and do the B one because it sounds correct, and that's how I got a decent score in the SATs. <laughs> yeah, and you would be right. So, yeah. so uh, I mentioned that I study these things called graphs, which are, are just diagrams that involve dots and lines. They really are you know, as simple as it sounds. Uh, however, that's kind of a big subject. Okay? So I study a specific kind of graph called a platonic graph. Uh, and um, uh, the way they get their name is that uh, there are certain solids that are uh, very regular, like a cube. Right? You have six squares 
you know, line to make a solid, or, or a tetrahedron. That's when you have four triangles, tetra meaning four. Now, these solids, you know, have a history going back to the ancient Greeks, who were the, kind of the first ones to do uh, geometry the way we think of geometry today. And these solids were considered especially beautiful uh, precisely because they were so symmetrical and so even. Uh, and it turns out this, this particular family of graphs that I study has a connection uh, with those solids. And that's one of the things uh, that makes these particular graphs so interesting. Uh, I, I will spare you the elaborate uh, technical explanation of what that connection is, uh, but, uh, but that's the idea. So uh, when, you know, uh, when I say I study graph theory, you know, if, if this were a room full of mathematicians, I would need to narrow that down a lot more. You can go to a graph theory conference and have two people who specialize in graph theory who have nothing to say to one another. Uh, there are graph theory conferences? Yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> Do they all just sit around going, hmm, this could be a graph? No. You, this you, would make a great graph. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, com common misconception about what goes on at academic <laughs> conferences. Uh, your typical math conference is maybe five to ten minutes of math. Okay, and that's to justify having your home institution pay for your travel expenses. And then the rest <laughs> of yeah. it is people. Uh, and, 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 and then you just cuddle. Networking. Well, we're careful to have these conferences in places like Boca Raton, Florida, you know, yeah. you know or Santa yeah. Barbara, California. <laughs> in fact, the first research conference I ever went to, it was held at the University of Missouri. Okay. My uh, mom went there. Be careful, Pat. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I, I was so excited. I was a third-year graduate student. It was going to be the first research conference I was actually going to speak at. I was so excited to be there. And I go there, and it was, a, it was an annual conference, and uh, you know, uh, most of the, everyone there knew everyone else. Uh, and uh, I kept overhearing people saying, you know, gee, a lot of the regulars didn't come this year. I don't know where the, what happened. And I was like, what? Why wouldn't they come? This is great, you know. And uh, and then they explained to me that usually the conference is held, you know, Boulder, Colorado, University of Hawaii, uh, you know, places like that. And that somehow that, that the reason it was in Missouri this year was that for some reason the University of Missouri math department had this huge pile of money that they had to spend. So they uh, you know, so so they hosted the conference. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, as, as one of my graduate school professors put it, uh, you can't really justify a lot of these conferences based on the math that gets done there. <laughs> Our tax dollars at work. Hell yeah. Well, it's, great, it's great work if you can get it. <laughs> Let's go to the second question then. How's that for demystifying? Yeah. <laughs> working great. So um, pay attention to the question. The question says, what are sexy primes? Um, first alternative. All of them, baby. <laughs> prime numbers, second. Prime numbers, there are one more than a power of two. Alternative C, prime numbers that differ by six. Last one, the most socially desirable transformers. <laughs> I, when, when you said sexy prime numbers? Se sexy primes. Okay, I imagine like a Playboy just full of numbers. Because <laughs> you like said matrix. matrix art, right? <laughs> so there's pictures of sexy Autobots. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's a show I like called Ink Master. About I love that. That show. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I always thought they, want, they wanted to see if these guys had any real talent. You know, oh. have them tattoo mathematical equations. You know. Do you have any math tattoos? I do not. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, funny thing, I don't like tattoos, but I do like that show. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, oh, did we, uh, did we pick an answer for the sexy oh. primes? Oh. Yeah. oh yeah. No. I'm going to stick with my answer. What was your answer? What was your answer? <laughs> well, a playboy of numbers. Oh. <laughs> I like all of them, baby. <laughs> yes. Well, this, this is like one of those SAT questions where they say you have to pick the most correct answer, right? Um, so sexy primes are actually primes that differ by six, okay? Uh, and uh, they're wait, also... Wait, 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 wait. Sexy primes is not a real math term. Google it. <laughs> wait, what? Sexy primes. It's a real primes. thing. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Sexy. 
Right? Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Like now, now I, ha I have to confess, though. Uh, <laughs> sexy primes are a real thing, I swear it. Uh, they're, also, uh, they're also twin primes that differ by two and cousin primes that That's differ gross. by four. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, we're, we're perverted a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> one prime gets together with the yeah. other prime. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I have to confess, though. Uh, sexy primes specifically do not play uh, a role in my work. I, I wanted to use that Transformers joke. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but the prime numbers certainly play a role uh, you know, in my work. Now, the, the, the prime numbers, maybe you know, prime numbers are numbers that are only divisible by one of themselves. So they're numbers like 2, 3, and 5, or 7. Uh, but a number like 4 or 6 is not prime, because 4 is 2 times 2, and 6 is 2 times 3. Now, prime numbers uh, play a very special role in mathematics, because they're basically the atoms uh, out of which numbers are made. right? So water is H2O, right? two atoms of hydrogen, one atom of oxygen. Well, the prime numbers are the atoms out of which numbers are made. So just like in chemistry, if you want to understand a substance, one thing you might do is try to figure out the atoms it's made of. If you're studying numbers, you might want to understand the, the components out of which those numbers are made. So prime numbers pretty much come up everywhere in mathematics. And as it happens, uh, they play a special role in the kind of graphs that I study. Um, and uh, I think I should probably leave it there because uh, right. I'm, so I'm about about to whip out the whiteboard and uh, <laughs> yeah you know, and, and launch into uh, you know the, the 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 talk I gave when I applied for a job here you know yeah permanent marker please yeah <laughs> yeah all I have is yeah. oh by the way uh, if you, you ever see that movie uh, the, the the John Nash one uh, the uh, beautiful, beautiful mind and you know how he's always uh, scribbling on the windows of the Princeton University Math Library I've been to the Princeton University Math Library they don't let you do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're very touchy about that. <laughs> Ready for the next question? Okay. So it's about ready. a famous mathematician. All right. Okay. A famous, it's so famous you probably never heard of him. Yeah. Ever heard so. of Beyonce? <laughs> yeah. She's a mathematician? Yeah. No, her, her you've heard of. This, this guy you probably never heard Arthur, Arthur Cayley. He's famous. Why is he famous for? Math, hey. of course. <laughs> Well, something in math that he's famous for. Oh, okay. A, he once ate 50 hard-boiled eggs in one sitting. 50 is a number. Not even 51, that, it's just 50. That, that might have been Paul Newman, yeah. B, he once shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Johnny Cash reference? C, he invented a family of graphs with extraordinary symmetry properties. I think that was Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a different Johnny Cash song. D, he was able to play 40 games of chess blindfolded. And Jason is also very fond of playing chess and solving chess problems. Blindfolded. Blindfolded? <laughs> I, I, at, at some point I decided math was not nerdy yeah, enough. So. Right, so I decided to start playing chess. You know, oh, okay. <laughs> Which one is it? Why is he famous? Trying Four. to make sure there's not Wait, a Johnny what, Cash song in the most chess. What, what was C? Uh, it says here he invented a family of graphs with extraordinary symmetry properties. I'm going to go with that one because he did math, so he was a nerd, so he had no friends, so he needed to make his own family. Ah. Ouch. <laughs> that was a fun joke. It's a really uh, uh, joke. Uh, Shockingly, that is the correct answer. Yes, yeah. I could challenge the reasoning process that led to it, but... Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, can I, can I kindly suggest that you draw a graph with extraordinarily symmetry properties? I'd rather not, actually, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the, no. 
I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Extra, needs to be Using only lotuses. sexy primes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could draw a picture of a Kaylee graph, but I don't think it would really mean much. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, here. But 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 what? Uh, no, they come later, uh, actually. Yeah. The um, uh, so yeah. So Kaylee was a mathematician in the 1800s, and um, and yeah, and uh, he was the funny thing. He was actually interested in an object, a different kind of object called groups. Okay, and suffice it to say, that is a very technical definition. I don't just mean any old random collection of objects. That would be a set for the mathematicians in the audience. Uh, but, uh, but a group was a particular kind of object, and he started using graphs, these dots and lines diagrams, as a device for understanding groups. Okay, and he invented things that we now call Cayley graphs. Funny thing, uh, they turned out not to be all that useful for understanding groups, uh, but they turned out to be really interesting in their own right. Uh, and they have these symmetry properties that I mentioned, although uh, it would be a little hard to illustrate them uh, you know, in this context. Uh, but as it happens, the specific graphs that I study, these platonic graphs that are associated to prime numbers in an interesting way, uh, are examples of Cayley graphs. And a lot of this machinery that Cayley invented uh, turns out not to be so useful for what he was working on, uh, but it was fantastically useful uh, in other areas. And it's kind of interesting, I think, just because this is a pattern that seems to repeat itself over and over again, that uh, you know, mathematical machinery that's invented for one purpose or to solve one problem ends up being fantastically useful in other areas. Uh, and uh, I can give you a number of examples of that. Uh, actually, I mentioned John Nash a minute ago. Uh, one of his great... Uh, Johnny Cash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this is Johnny Nash. Okay. okay. And uh, John Nash, who, by the way, I have seen raking the leaves of his front lawn. That's really cool. Damn straight. Right? <laughs> you're, you're now two degrees of separation from John Nash. Okay. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I grew up near Princeton, New Jersey, which is where he lived. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, one of the things he's really famous for is for uh, maybe inventing is a bit strong, but for, for pioneering something called game theory. Okay. And, um, yeah. And um, uh, it was originally intended as, uh, he actually won, when he won the Nobel Prize, it was actually the Nobel Prize in economics that, that he won. Because uh, the idea was that game theory was supposed to have applications to economics. Well, it does have applications to economics. But it turns out that biologists got their hands on it. Okay? And it turns out that game theory has all sorts of applications in biology. Because animals, if you study animal behavior, there's actually a name for that. Ethology. Okay? This is the branch. Yeah. <laughs> ethology, yes. Um, uh, it turns out if you want to understand how animals behave, if you take a game theory perspective to it, um, uh, you, know, you, you, get, you gain a lot of insight. Uh, so that's just one example of how mathematics invented for one purpose just has a way of being useful for other purposes. Has anyone ever created or invented or came up with some theory of anything and not named it after themselves? Well, in <laughs> yeah. Well, we do call it game theory and not Nash theory, right? Yeah. Oh, I guess Although in game theory there is something called the Nash equilibrium, right? So there you go. Okay, but uh, in fairness, um, you know, mathematicians. Uh, well, great mathematicians do have a penchant for being egomaniacal, but not so egomaniacal that they will actually name objects after themselves. Usually that comes later uh, as a way of honoring uh, you know, uh, you know, people. However, in math- Is it written like passively in their will? If you guys did this, that would be awesome. Uh, I, I, I know of no concrete examples of that, but it would not surprise me. Uh, yeah, but of course, it's not as cool as in physics, where if you really you know, make the ascent to, to godhood, you get a unit of measure named after you, right? Uh, like Newton's, like the unit of force is the Newton, right? Not the fig Newton, right? That's the Isaac Newton, right? Yeah. So, Wait, you know, what? Yeah. Learning so much. Oh, I have a yeah. quick question about this graph that I'm drawing. It's a, it's a lovely graph. What is it called? <laughs> a Cayley graph. A Cayley graph. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to draw my Cayley. Cayley did not call them Cayley graphs, is what I'm saying. To yeah. your knowledge. 
Does so, it have extraordinary? So here's the next question for you. We're still oh. playing the game, in yeah. fact. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right, right so mm -hmm. if I do wrong, you please correct me. And the question is, what is the Chiger constant? Chiger, uh, hard G, yes. Uh, yeah. All right, Chiger <laughs> constant. So A, an unchanging Chiger. <laughs> Yeah. B, a shortened form for of the tasteless cheeseburger constant, yeah. or C, a measure of the ease with, ease with which a graph can be fractured, and D, cheeger, cheeger, I hardly know her. <laughs> I got it. They teach you that one in graduate school. Yeah. I don't want to cheek someone when it's not consensual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> easy now. Cheek someone? Cheek someone, excuse me. I was graphic. <laughs> so, who's going to answer? Tongue in cheek. Oh, um, I will answer. <laughs> I will answer C, please. C, oh, right? Wow. What, 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 the measure of the ease yeah, with please. which a graph can be fractured. Yes, that one. Please. Right. Again, shockingly, that, that is the correct answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mentioned that I, I chop up graphs uh, for a living, um, and uh, and I, I pretty much do. So the, the, the basic idea is that one one thing you can use graphs for uh, is to model something like a communications network. Imagine that you have a bunch of cities and you have various lines of communication uh, between those cities. Okay. And uh, you, you can imagine that you might have competing concerns. Okay? On the one hand, you want the, you, know, you want the network to be resilient. You don't want it to be the case that if one wire goes down, then the whole, you know, the whole thing is fractured and no one can talk to each other. So if you imagine a network that's shaped like a barbell, where you have a bunch of cities over here that are all linked up and a bunch of cities over there, and then one connection going between, well, that one connection goes down and suddenly everything is split up. That would be a dumb way to, to, to build your network. Okay. So you might go to the opposite extreme. Okay? Connect every city to every other city. Okay? And if you had no practical limitations, uh, that would be a very smart thing to do. Okay? The trouble is usually that's very expensive you know, to actually do that. So what you're looking for are graphs, networks, if you will, uh, that on the one hand have a relatively small number of connections, but on the other hand are very hard to fracture. Uh, and that's basically what I study. Uh, how do you find the graphs that achieve the optimum balance uh, between those concerns. Um, and one tool I use, right, if you're going to talk about how easy it is to fracture your graph, you need a way of measuring fracturability. Right, okay? right. Yes, clearly. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and this particular device is something called the Cheeger constant. Now, funny thing, Cheeger, that's a person's name, I should mention, right? <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're if, yeah. Yeah, Jeff. Funny. Jeff Cheeger. Jeff <laughs> the guy named. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah. And basically, yeah, he came up with this like in the late 1960s, uh, the Cheeger constant. And he basically wrote his big paper, says, I introduced the Cheeger constant, although he didn't call it that. And then he basically put his feet up on the desk and said, I'm done. Okay, I've got a constant named after me. And, uh, you know, I'll just, uh, you know, rest on my laurels. Um, funny thing, though, relative to what we were talking before, the, the Cheeger constant, what we now call the Cheeger constant, he didn't call it that, um, uh, he invented for a totally different purpose. Uh, he wasn't so interested in graphs. He was more interested in... Getting a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Could well be, but now this is Anka. This is your big moment. I am. I was not thinking that is my happy moment, but all right, I'll try. Your your favorite math word. My favorite. You've said it like three times tonight. Begins with an H. It begins with an H. Hyper. Oh, the hyper. Yes, he, he was he was interested in hyper services or manifolds, and uh, and yeah, 
<laughs> and that, that's really what he was interested in studying. Um, so yeah, why, it's another good example of how uh, a tool that was invented for one purpose has got co-opted. Now it's kind of funny. I mentioned I think it was I think it was literally it might have been 1970. I think it was when he actually the, the paper was actually published. So we're getting pretty recent now, right? I mean, yeah, you know, you know, most of the math you learn in your classes, uh, you know, you're lucky if you break into the 20th century, right? Uh, but anyway, now you're getting more and more current. So so there you go. Lucky or just very unfortunate? <laughs> oh, you're like, I'm telling you things like two dozen people in the world know about, man. Oh, this, is my, yeah. this is my Kaylee graph. Kaylee, Kaylee um, graph. <laughs> oh, Kaylee. There's Lee on the Y axis. Oh. K on the X. She looks K, great. units are letters, and Lee uh, units are name. Uh, it's my cousin Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know I can. Uh, I'll just use this as my thesis for my doctorate. <laughs> I, I have seen uh, pictures of the real Arthur Cayley, and uh, not a handsome man is what I'm saying. Really? So uh, yeah, I'll change the thing. Yeah, so so that was that was well done. Yeah. <laughs> well, his cousin is very handsome. Yeah. <laughs> so make it a mix of the two. <laughs> Oops. All right. Oh right. How is that for the jargon and acronym? We're gonna move on. Because it's time. Time flies when you have fun. <clears throat> Game number three, which is, it proves to be the most challenging for our experts because it's about answering as quick as they can. And as you I don't already answer anything noticed, quick. Right. That hardly <laughs> happens. All right. So we're going to have a series of rapid fire questions for the experts uh, with the purpose of learning a bit about childhood what's inside his brain, uh, Horrible, where, where are these algebraic things, <laughs> things are coming from. Uh, right, start. Okay, where were you born? Uh, New Jersey. Favorite plant? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that, wow, favorite plant? Uh, rhododendron. All right, favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Rhododendron. Clowns, <laughs> creepy or funny? Funny. Le least favorite color. <laughs> least favorite color. Least favorite color. Uh, you know, I gotta tell you, I like them all. <laughs> favorite activity as a child? Playing chess. <laughs> favorite place to travel? Chess tournaments. <laughs> now, favorite place to travel? Um, that's a tough one because I'm not a big fan of traveling. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, probably New York City. Let's say that. I like New York. Do you have a nickname? No. <laughs> Weird one. Name of your best friend. <laughs> Don't say you it, didn't it, it, see this coming. It's impossible. <laughs> is it okay if he's imaginary? <laughs> Kaylee. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, my friend Peter there sitting there in the audience, right? Yeah. Studiously not laughing at any of my jokes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you aware of any book full of science with basically no math? A book full of science with no math? Um, I know you are, actually. And that's a hint. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, not it, yours. It, 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 well, it's possible you're referring to my book. <laughs> no, it's uh, not yours. Oh, you tricked me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, a book full of, uh, what's the say again? And that's coming from your website. From full my of website? science, but with basically I no think math. I, I think I've been hacked. I, uh... Yes. <laughs> and you do have some typos, too. I can point those out. <laughs> Everyone's a critic, right? <laughs> um, I um, book full of science, but I, I, I don't know what you Really? Mean. You sorry? Can I say? Go ahead. You're, you're not so sorry about that hypersurface thing, are you? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. So, um, the two books that Darwin wrote. 
Oh, how silly of me. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, I, I have a... Uh, uh, I also have an interest in evolution and creationism. Uh, guess which side I'm on. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, uh, so, so, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Charles Darwin, of course, wrote uh, two books. Uh, funny thing about Darwin, of course, Darwin is something of a hero of mine. But uh, the one thing that always bothered me a little about Darwin is that he hated math. Uh, I was often making snide remarks about mathematicians. He's the one who's famously said, uh, a mathematician is a blind man in a dark room looking for a black hat that isn't there. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what that actually means. Uh, but uh, but, it, but it, it's very deep. Yeah, and it doesn't sound complimentary. <laughs> he had a big beard, so you know he's the real deal. Yeah, but that, that was old Darwin, right? If you ever see uh, pictures of Darwin as a young man, he was quite strapping. He, no was, he was no. He was no Arthur Cayley. He, he was, was a sexy uh, prince. Even older Darwin <laughs> is just a skeleton. He, he did marry his cousin. So, oh. Yeah, that, that was that was less frowned upon back then. Cayley, right. <laughs> he's a cousin prime. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to come back to science, pseudoscience, creationism. Well, uh, Darwin was a hero for you. Any other heroes? Uh, no, only Darwin. No, uh, yeah. uh, no I, I'd say actually, um, like if, if you're thinking specifically of like professional heroes, um, I always liked people who could explain math you know, in, in a way that made sense to non mathematicians. So people like Martin Gardner or Raymond Smullyan. Uh, surely you know these people, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Right. yeah. Right? But you know Beyonce, right? Yeah, anyway, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Name a villain. I'm sorry? We talked about heroes. Name a villain now. Name a villain. Uh, creationist. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite number. Uh, they're all good. They're Favorite all good. Yeah. White graphs. I'm sorry? White graphs. Um, historical accident. It was, uh, you, know, a, 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 you know, as any graduate student in mathematics can tell you, you reach that point where you have to find a thesis topic, okay? <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, and this is actually quite hard to do because math is, a, math is sort of a funny thing uh, in that there's this very narrow strip. If you think of the mathematical universe, you have big problems that everyone wants to solve but no one has any idea how to solve them, okay? And then you have a big collection of problems over here that are basically trivial you know, to solve. And then there's this tiny little middle ground of problems that uh, no one has solved yet, but that you have some hope of actually making progress on. Okay, and that's where thesis topics live. Okay, uh, yeah, and uh, and yeah, and it can be, it's a it's a very difficult thing. There's a reason they give you three years to write a thesis, right? Because it's 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 a very or difficult more. thing. Is it, because or more. is it because math majors can't spell very well? Uh, they certainly can't write very well, right? Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another little bugaboo of mine. I like you know. math because. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and typically the better the mathematician, the less good they are as a writer. Because they, 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 you know, once you ascend to godhood and are considered so brilliant, you don't have time to worry about you know, uh, you know, putting your commas in the right places. Um, but um, yeah, so, uh, right, so I was looking for the thesis topic, and I, and I had a very enthusiastic thesis advisor named Dorothy. And uh, when I first started working with her, uh, like we, we'd have a weekly meeting, and she'd say, oh, okay. Here's your topic. And she would whip out some huge unsolved problem, the kind of problem where you know, if you do solve it, you make your career uh, you know, by solving it. Say, I, I had this great idea on how to solve it. We'll just do this, 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 and this. Bam, we'll get the problem. Go work on that. Go figure out how that works. And I would go and spend the next week trying to figure out what the heck she was talking about. Okay? And then I would come back the following week and I'd say, gee, Dorothy, you know, I, I, I don't think that's going to work. You know, and, you know, gee, Dorothy, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Yeah. <laughs> she, sheer coincidence. I promise her name really was Dorothy. And, uh, and, uh, and then she would look at me and say, yeah, I just came up with that in the shower. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm saying. And we did this for about two months. You know, and I finally, I finally realized this was her ingenious way of just getting me to discover my own freaking thesis topic. And, uh, and by a historical process, 
I can no longer recreate. Uh, I somehow I started reading some papers about these 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 Cheeger constants and whatnot, and uh, I, I I had the, the uh, some sort of a vague glimmer of an and idea. And the hypersurfaces. They came later, and uh, yeah 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 get off the hypersurfaces, okay? <laughs> I wrote one paper where that word appears, and. Uh, uh, Great paper, by the way, I must say. You know, totally career-making. Had to send it to four journals before it got published. But, you know, <laughs> but it was well worth the, well worth the trouble. And, um, um, but anyway, yeah, so it's just I, you know, I, I finally I, I read a paper and I had a little glimmer. I thought, oh, gee, I, I see like a little twist. What, what I was talking about before, about how when you solve one problem, you think of twists on it. And I basically realized the guy casually mentioned, say, hey, we haven't managed to figure this out yet. And I had a little glimmer of an idea. And, uh, and three years later, uh, I had a thesis. <laughs> where I, I must say I did not actually solve the problem, I just left it a little more solved <laughs> than it was before. And I, and I wrote it up and I said, hand me my degree. And, uh, and they were kind enough to, uh, to, to sign off on so it. But yeah. Let me sum up what I've heard throughout this entire night. Of not yet. We're doing good job. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll <laughs> and that was the end of another short answer. Yeah. Well, you, you, you only said fast, you didn't say short. <laughs> well, there is one question. For me, that, that is short. <laughs> Just ask my students. <laughs> so what advice would older, wiser Professor Jason give to young clueless undergraduate Jason? Um, all those people who are, you're so intimidated by, they're not as smart as you think they are. Okay. <laughs> and they're great. definitely not as smart as they think they are. <laughs> That's good advice. That is yeah. good advice. <laughs> so if you had not chosen a career in algebraic graphic theory and number theory, what would you have probably I probably would have done topological graph theory. That's <laughs> 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 a different thing. Yeah, now, funny thing, um, if I wasn't doing math, I can't imagine what I'd be doing. Uh, and that, and that was kind of, that's kind of what happened in college, um, where uh, you know, I had to major in something, and I, I, I knew I was into math. And, um, and uh, when I um, thought it, but I, you know, I, it, I, I, I was not sold on the idea of graduate school. I, I knew I would major in math and study math, but I thought maybe, maybe law school or medical school or something else. And, um, oh, oh, just two really hard things. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, you know, maybe I'd get into politics. You know. but, um, uh, but then you know, it got to be my junior year, and you start thinking about what's going to happen after uh, school. And I started wondering, like, you know, if I didn't do math, what would I do? Right? And I couldn't think of anything that I liked as much as math. And, uh, and you know, it was a funny thing. You know, um, uh, in 1995, that was an exceptionally bad year uh, for mathematicians. The universities were having a lot of budget cuts, uh, far less hiring in mathematics than there Sounds like previously. a Johnny Cash song. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> a lot of people, even some of my math professors, uh, you know, told me this is, this is not a good time to go to graduate school uh, because uh, you know, my, my father's worst nightmare is going to come true. You know, I'm not going to be uh, unemployed. Uh, but I did it anyway because, uh, you know, you know, what the hell else was I going to do, right? You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, so there you go. Is there a favorite and the least favorite comedy show out there? A favorite and least favorite comedy show? Uh, well, favorite is certainly anything you all uh, do, oh, right? Stop. And least favorite is anything you don't do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, actually, uh, I can't think of a least favorite. That would probably be the Big Bang Theory. Okay. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that show is objectively not funny, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> and it reflects poorly on you as a human being if you think it is. It's, uh, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I, I've seen worse. I like but, uh, I, I've seen worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not a great admirer. <laughs> so a short one again, fast. What is the meaning of life? Short. Um, 42. Short. 42. 42. Yeah. Fast. 42. <laughs> I, 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 I can think of a lot of I, I can think of a lot of sarcastic answers to that. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> but uh, I would say uh, the meaning of life is to find something you enjoy doing and to leave your little corner of the world a little better than you found it. That sounds that's, like... That's good. <laughs> <laughs> great, great philosophical mystery solved. The next question. I'm fine with you there, right? Yeah, yeah okay. You ask me something hard, like where do you get a good slice of pizza in Harrisonburg? Benny's. <laughs> it was a trick question. You can't get a good slice of pizza in Harrisonburg. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's move on to... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Hey, you're from Jersey. You had to drive across to the New York City to get a good slice of pizza. You can't get a good slice of pizza anywhere but New York City. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Certainly not Chicago. Yeah. Okay, I kid, I kid. It's a fine, it's a fine dish, Chicago. <laughs> so what aspect of life is more impacted by the lack of mathematical literacy? Um, public policy, I, I would say. Uh, that, um, you know, it, it, you know if, if you go back to, you know, our founding fathers, you know, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, these were people who took a serious interest in science and math. I mean, they could really talk intelligently, you know, about these subjects, uh, obviously, given this, you know, what was known at the time, but they, they were up on it, they considered it important. Um, President James Garfield, eh? Garfield, right? He was one of those 19th century presidents between... Uh, He's an orange cat, assassinated yeah, he, he, by he, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, he was one of those people between what? Like Lincoln and Roosevelt that no one talks about. Uh, but uh, uh, he, he actually discovered an original proof of the Pythagorean theorem. Really? Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's uh, pretty much anyone in Congress today who could tell you what the Pythagorean theorem is. <laughs> yeah, yeah or, or at least very few. And, and, and you know, this has consequences that uh, you know, intellectualism is, 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 is even sneered at. Right? Uh, and uh, so many public policy issues really requires some math and science. Uh, if you're going to do anything intelligent about them, uh, you know, economics, you have to understand some math, you know, to, to, to know what you're talking about. Uh, it's you know, not arithmetic that we're talking about. Uh, you know what? I would take it, you know, if, <laughs> you know, given Congress these days. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, th this really has consequences. Uh, you know, uh, you know, it, you know it, it, it's funny, but it's also kind of sad. But uh, uh, so, so there you go. So do you, do you agree with some saying that there's actually an illusion of scientific literacy around here it's just I'm, I'm sorry um, we're pretty illiterate we as a nation society. as a society um, and uh, and yet and yet it's not obvious right it's a, it's an illusion of scientific literacy or just literacy in general no how um, do we, and how do we how do you spot it how do you you know, how can you distinguish between true science and pseudoscience or uh, well that's a good question yeah there, there's certainly I mean it, it's um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly true uh, that a lot of people think they know something about science. And uh, one interesting thing about the internet, you know, the internet is it's like any other you know technological invention. It, it you know it can be a wonderful tool, uh, and it's never been easier to find information. The uh, the problem though is that anyone can put anything on the internet, and there's there's very little quality control. So yeah, so it's an interesting it's, it's a difficult question. How do you be savvy about where you're getting information from? Now I don't have any really you know you know pithy answer to that. Um, you, 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 but you do want to be a little bit savvy about it. Now, uh, we've mentioned evolution and creationism a couple of times. This is, this is one place where I think scientific ignorance you know, really has consequences for public policy. Uh, in that, uh, you know, when you have people who, you know, with complete confidence, will tell you that the Earth is 6,000 years old uh, you know, and that species don't evolve, uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to be harsh. I do try to be polite. But th those people don't know what they're talking about. And, uh, and one of the ways I actually got, I got interested in it was when I discovered that they routinely talk about mathematics. And, uh, and they make, they'll, 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 they'll whip out equations and they'll start using jargon. And if you actually know anything about math, it's, it's excruciating to listen to. 
because they, they, they flat out don't know what they're talking You're about. You're talking about like the second law of thermodynamics. That, that's a good example, yeah. They often talk about the second law of thermodynamics. And, uh, and it, for, for physicists, it's like, you know, your fingernails on the chalkboard. It's like, that's not the second law. Stop talking, right? And, uh, and yet they'll say this with complete confidence. And the reason I bring this up is that I think the real issue that's going on there uh, is that you have extreme insularity. Uh, that you know, a, a lot of these folks are, are raised in communities where this is the dominant perspective, where they're taught from a young age that anyone from outside that community is someone not to be trusted, and they only talk to each other and they all pat themselves on the back. And I think that's, in microcosm, the problem that we face more and more in all sorts of areas. That uh, it's you know, uh, that more and more people only talk to people who you know who agree with them. They you know you have you know if you, you know if you watch cable news, you have the conservative channel, you have the liberal channel. Uh, you know, uh, on the internet, you, you know, whatever, you know, whatever crazy viewpoint you have, you can find websites that cater just to that viewpoint. And um, so I think, you know, I, I don't know what the solution is, uh, but one big problem is insularity, uh, is that, you know, people not talking to anyone outside their little bubble. Uh, and that's why, you know, you know, you go talk to the creationists and have these, these just, they'll have these utterly crazy ideas about science, and yet they'll speak with absolute confidence. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, you know, I, I wrote a book about this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bet it's out there somewhere. And uh, yeah. I'm sorry? It's in carrier. Well, that's All good right. too. Field yeah. trip. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. And uh, I forget. I, I was about to say something brilliant, but I uh, forgot, what, <laughs> forgot what it was. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, um, Oh yeah, but I, you know, I, I would, I would often. What the book is about is that I would often go to creationist conferences and just hang out with them and, uh, and socialize with them. Uh, I was never undercover. Yeah, I was never undercover. Uh, I never hid anything, but I would just talk to them. But I would have people who, not not knowing what I do for a living, uh, try to explain to me about mathematics. You know, and they would say they would show me how probability theory, you know, completely refutes, you know, evolution. You know, I I, I did write a book about probability theory. Uh, so uh, yeah, and they would just say, and they would just start talking, and they would say these these crazy, crazy things. You know, the kind of thing with, if one of my students ever wrote, you know, you know, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know I, 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 you know, the the red pen would be wielded, and uh, and I would be mortified that any student of mine could have come away so confused, you know, about uh, you know, about these issues. Um, but actually, I'll just, uh, just I'll wrap up this little thing with one, one funny story to give you, uh, you know, an example. Um, yeah, they, they often talk about physics. Actually, they, you know, you're, you're bailiwick, right? Second law of thermodynamics, quantum mechanics comes up a lot, uh, you know, radioactive decay. I'm glad decay. you listen to them. Yeah, and, uh, and you, know, <laughs> how, you know, if you read their literature, it's often superficially very sophisticated. And they would talk about very elaborate things in physics that I didn't know any about. Well, this is when I was in Kansas, when I was surprised, surprised, when I got interested in this. And I had a friend in the physics department and it just so happened that math and physics shared a building uh, you know, at Kansas State, and I was on the first floor, and physics I was on the third floor. So every time I would read one of these things, I would run up to my friend Bruce and say, hey, Bruce, you know, explain to me what they're talking about here. Why is this, you know, what, what's wrong with this? And, uh, and Bruce, finally, after like the fourth time I did this, uh, got really annoyed with me. And, uh, and he took the, uh, the creationist book, I was only, he took it and he threw it across the room. And he says, will you please stop reading this nonsense? And uh, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, kind of the theme there. <laughs> So how's, so how's that for a short answer? Uh, it was, was not, we, we're past that. Next question, this is great. Ah. I know, we're about to end yeah. the beautiful yeah. event of yeah. today. I feel like this water is finally kicking in. Uh, <laughs> I know, that, oh, that, that usually happens. By yeah. the end of everything, you want more. So uh, now we have, uh, we're going to invite the panel of comedians one by one to tell us uh, maybe something about what they learned from today's discussion. Sure. Um, I never realized how that Johnny Cash dabbled in math during his lifetime. <laughs> um, 
They didn't. They didn't mention that in the movie. Walk the line. <laughs> I, I know some math. Um. Yeah. So I learned that if I wanted to go to a math conference, I could very easily pretend to be a math prodigy, and since there is no very little math done, <laughs> no one would know the difference. <laughs> I learned that. Uh, Sexy prime numbers exist. <laughs> it's an absolute thing. Are going to be looking for them? Absolutely. Can you say again what they are? <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> All, of them. All of them, baby. <laughs> All of them, baby. No matter their body shape, size. Yeah, I learned that if you want to go into math as a profession, you get a college degree. Go to grad school and not know what the hell you want to write about. Defy your dad. <laughs> Defy your dad. Pick uh, something and write about it. Uh, get hired by a university and drink daiquiris on a beach somewhere. Try that. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, give a round of applause for our expert. Thank you all for coming. We really hope you've, you've enjoyed the things we've done today. Uh, so again, uh, like us on Facebook. Go on the website, the JMU's Cafe. We're going to have the recordings, so podcast, and you can listen to them over and over and over. You know, yeah, just download them on your smartphone and, you know. Hello. Yeah. Hello. You don't need anything else. Yeah. So we Talking just to the one, listeners. one last thing before we go. What is the problem of the week? Oh, okay. So uh, that's what the board is for. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. There you go. Oh, you want the actual problem? Uh, yeah. Of course. So in the math department, we have something called problem of the week. Uh, we have this mostly because I choose to do it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and uh, hunting this. Let's, yeah. Let's go. Uh, and. Um, so uh, basically what this is, is it's a, a sort of an, a very informal competition uh, where every week I pick a problem and uh, any student who, uh, well it doesn't have to be a student actually, but, but generally students who, who, who choose to participate are, are welcome to. And, uh, and the winner, you know, I, 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 among the correct answers, I do a random drawing and uh, the winner gets a $5 gift card to Starbucks. And if they're in one of my classes, they get a little uh, informal extra credit you know, for, for doing this. Um, the problems are always organized around a theme. This term's theme is geometry. Yeah, wines. Wines, yes. Um, so actually, so I, so I actually can't say if, if you know if you want a little brain teaser and you like it and you don't, and you don't completely hate geometry, maybe I should put it that way. Um, so let's see. So you have a circle that is a perfect circle. They teach you how to do that in graduate school. Beautiful. Yes, it's uh, five years of graduate school, baby. Physicists so. can do that too, man. Yeah. Oh. And uh, let's see. So let's yeah. Uh, so we'll just uh, right. We'll do that there, right? So we have uh, so it looks like kind of a bullseye there. Simon says. Yeah. So that there is the center of the circle. And we'll imagine drawing a rectangle. Okay. And the rectangle has name A, B, C, D. Okay. Is this how you teach your classes? <laughs> the students who Zero participate in the problem of the week usually get A's. <laughs> the ones who don't tend to be down here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now imagine that I draw in that line segment here. And suppose I tell you, we're almost done. Suppose I tell you that the radius of the circle is five. Can you tell me the length of that line segment? One and a half days. Which line segment? <laughs> Oddly enough, that is not the worst answer I've gotten to this problem. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, if you want to, uh, you know, if you're you know, somewhat into geometry, I, I, the only hint I will give you is that uh, this is one of those problems that has like a one sentence answer. 
So if you're whipping out any of the heavy-duty machinery, uh, very commendable, but you're doing it wrong. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. so anyway, um, you can find, uh, if you go to the uh, math department homepage, there's a big link to Problem of the Week. Or and, Jason's uh, website. Yeah, or, or if you just Google, yeah, go, go to my webpage or just, yeah, just Google my name. Uh, and the first thing that will come up, not that I've actually done this, right? But the first thing that will come up is yeah. my homepage, big link there, okay? New problem every week. Yes, yeah, and you will come <laughs> soon.